Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we continue our series titled Say Yes with a message that focuses on how do we say yes in our most challenging seasons. It's always easy to say yes when things are going well, but how do you respond when you face crisis, challenge, or really tough things? Listen in, take notes, and we'll talk to you at the end of the broadcast. That prayer, tell your neighbor, I said, I said amen to that. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to have some fun today. Is that all right with you? Amen. Listen, turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And we are going to enjoy God's blessing of the Word of God to us. Let me tell you something. When I first, uh, when I grew up, uh, there was a big old giant Bible that sat on our table. And I just only wanted to look at the pictures that were in there. It was a big old giant white picture Bible. Amen. And I would open that Bible if I saw the picture of the image that people uh, uh, called Jesus. And he was standing on the water walking. And I saw uh, different things. And I saw uh, this giant standing there and a little man, little man with a sling throwing a rock up at, at, at him. And I, was, I didn't know who all those people were. And then I saw the picture of the man in the whale's mouth. I said, man, who are all these people? And it was so colorful and vivid. I would see it and I would say, man, what is all this? And then I just never read any words. <laughs> Amen. Some of us, that was our experience too. We saw the Bible and we opened the Bible. We never actually read the Bible. <laughs> Amen. We never knew such a thing was supposed to happen. It was the magic book that sat on the table. <laughs> My girl said, did you turn them pages, boy? Yeah, I turned the pages. I was looking at the pictures. And she would open it back up to what she, you know, there was something she had, she had opened to something on the table, right? How many of y'all had that kind of experience? You know, amen. <laughs> I never knew we were supposed to read the Bible. And then I went to a Christian school. And I memorized all the books of the Bible, but I never read the Bible. <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 and Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Yeah, I memorized all of them, right? I had to memorize them, but I never remember reading it. <laughs> and then I went to a Catholic high school, and I never saw the Bible at the school. <laughs> I'm not down on anybody. I'm just saying our experiences happen, and sometimes you can be in a place where they're preaching the gospel and you don't read the Bible. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but when we don't read the Bible, we miss out on something so important. We miss out on God's character, God's promises, and everything God wants to do for our lives. Amen? Man, I would love to know what God has for me. If you lived your whole life and never knew how good ribs are. You get, you get all the way through your life, and, then, and one, day, one day, towards the end, somebody hand you a rib and said, taste this. And you bit into it, you say, man, all this time, I had no idea. <laughs> Amen. We don't want that to be us. Amen. We want to read the word today, find out what God says today, taste and see that the Lord is actually good as he says he is, amen? And let's walk in the power of God, amen? Come on, let's look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 says, But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. 
Verse 19. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Man, what a powerful, powerful passage. If we meditate on this, we will really, really get to understand the fact that Paul said, I didn't come telling you yes and no. I came to telling you that God says yes. I came to tell you that God has promises in Scripture, and those Scriptures are yes and amen if you will listen to those promises. If you will heed the word, you'll be able to receive it. He said, it's not just me. Sylvanus told you the same thing. Timothy told you the same thing. Multiple people told you the same thing, that if you get into the word, that there's a yes from God. But usually the yes from God requires a yes from us. Amen? We want what God has, then we have to learn to say yes to God. And so we're going to teach you the next couple of weeks, and it'll be me, and, I, and, and God's going to give it to somebody else. I believe God's leading somebody else in this direction, too. We're going to preach to you. We're going to talk about saying yes to God. Saying yes to God. That is going to be our focus on how do we say yes to the Lord. Now, I'm going to say it over and over again, and you're going to say, well, I say yes to God. And I'm going to tell you that you do say yes to God, but there's always more areas to say yes to God in. When you read scripture, you find out that there are thousands of promises from God to his people. Amen? Thousands of them. I know at least I've said yes to seven, <laughs> which means I got thousands left to go. Amen? Tell your neighbor, say, I got thousands left to go. <laughs> Amen. All the promises of God are yes in him. Amen in him. Thousands of promises. I'm going to take you to a couple of quick promises just so you can, you can get a feel for some of these promises really quickly. So let's go to, uh, let's begin at, uh, let's go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I got a few of them. We're just going to look at them really quickly and then I'm going to get you into uh, uh, some deeper things. But I want to begin with just having you look at, at some of these. Look up at the screen. Just write down James chapter 4, verse 7. Look up at the screen. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee from you. Does it say wrestle with the devil? <laughs> Does it say fight the devil? Does it say scream at the devil? Does it say hold your cross up to the devil? <laughs> That's Hollywood. Amen. This says, very simply, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? So the very, one of the first promises, the devil has to flee from you. Demonic presences have to flee from you. Things not of God have to flee from you if you will first submit yourself to God and then resist them. They have to flee. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't that a good promise? Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Turn to John chapter 7. St. John chapter 7. St. John 7, verse 37. Take a look at the screen. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow what? Rivers of, 
rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, this he spoke of the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the promise. If you will believe on Jesus, as the scripture said, then out of you will pour the Holy Spirit of God. Rivers of living water. Amen. If you don't know what that really means, it means that you will be a person who refreshes others by the Spirit that's in you. By the Holy Spirit that's in you, He will give you the power to refresh others, to be a blessing to others. Wow. By the Spirit of God flowing through you. Amen. And all you have to do is believe on Jesus, like the Scripture says. Don't believe what people told you about Jesus. Believe what the Word says about Jesus. And out of your spirit, out of your innermost man, is going to pour rivers of living water. Woo, hallelujah. How do, man, do you know how people treat you when you are refreshing? <laughs> Sometimes even people treat me bad all the time. Just become a refresher and watch their attitude change. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. That's a promise from God. If you believe on him, you'll become a river of living water. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 4, 19. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Hallelujah. <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. Jesus told his disciples, then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Man, that's a promise. If you follow Jesus, he will make you fishers of men. Well, why is that important? It means that you will have the ability to reach people if you follow Jesus. See, all of these have a theme running through them. If we do, then he does. Amen? When I was a kid, I asked my mother for something. She said, Derry, if you do this, then I'll do that. And so I did it, and then she did it. Amen? Why? Because I had a request, and she gave me a promise. And a promise between two people has responsibility on two parties. One must fulfill something so that the other is free to fulfill something. Amen? A promise is between two people. A promise is never one-sided. A promise is always between two individuals. That one makes a commitment, and then the other makes a commitment in response to the first commitment. Amen? But God has made it threefold. And that God has first stepped out and said, I love you, I give my son Jesus for you. If you will receive him, you get the benefit of him, and then I give you the kingdom. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Why can't we say yes to that kind of thing? Amen. Praise the Lord. See, what happens to most unbelievers is that they look at the promise of God only from the vantage point of what they have to give up <laughs> instead of what God is trying to give back. Because they think the promise is only to come to, come to church and sit down for, and, and waste an hour of their day or two hours of the day or seven hours a day. How many hours people go to church? That's their perception. They don't realize that God will be with you 24-7 and that the promise he makes to you will continue to go over and over again. And the first promise that you got only opened doors for thousands of promises after that. Praise the Lord. Man, man, I'm glad I said yes one day. Amen. Come on now. I've been benefiting from these promises for years now. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's great and precious promises he has poured out on all of us who say yes to God. Amen. If you can say yes once, 
Can you say yes more than once? Amen. Turn to Mark 16. I'm going to show you one more promise. Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 14 through 18. Mark 16, 14 through 18. And I'm reading to you from the New King James Bible. It says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Guess what? The disciples had unbelief and hardness of heart. Eleven guys who spent day and night walking around the nation of Israel with Jesus. Day in, day out. They saw people get raised from the dead. They saw two fish and five loaves feed thousands of people. They saw him lay hands on demon-filled people and see the demons leave, go into a herd of hogs, and the hogs went crazy, ran off the cliff. They saw people say, Jesus is going to die today. They saw the people go after Jesus, and they saw Jesus walk through them. (laughs) They saw all of those things with their own eyes. (laughs) They heard him say, If this temple be destroyed in three days, I'm going to raise it up again. They saw him on the cross. They saw him die faster than anybody else. They saw the Roman soldiers stab him. And then the Roman soldiers say, you know what? After you bury him, we're going to put a garrison around the grave because he said he's going to raise. That means the Roman soldiers believed. (laughs) So when Jesus raises from the dead and he sees his 11 sitting in a room together at the table, he got to rebuke their unbelief. He said, y'all saw all that and you still didn't believe I was coming back? (laughs) So if you have days of unbelief, don't worry about it. Just get back to the word. (laughs) If you have shaky days where your your faith is shaking, don't, don't, don't give up. Just realize even the disciples had shaky days. Amen. Come on, say your neighbor, say, I had some shaky days, but I'm here today. (laughs) Hallelujah. He rebuked their unbelief because of their hardness of heart. In other words, there are some days where you're going to hear promises or things that the word says, and the hardness of your heart is not going to allow you to receive it. (laughs) I'm going to say it one more time. There are going to be some days... That you're going to read something in the word of God and the hardness of your heart is not going to allow you to receive it. And the reason your heart is hard is because everybody's got hardness of heart. (laughs) God is on the inside working towards the outside. Why? Because he's breaking stuff down inside of you so he can release (laughs) what God has in you to the world. Amen? Amen. Something's got to break out. And sometimes some things are harder to break out. See, because I was around Christianity, when I first got saved, there were some things that were easy for me to receive and understand because I didn't believe it, but I heard it. So when I knew it was real, it was easy for me to embrace it because I had enough background to be able to do that. Amen. There's some people who have been taught things that defy what the word says. And when the word says and makes a promise, we have a hard time because we smash against that wall that has built on the inside of us. And it's hard to break through the wall. And we're reading the word and we're meditating on the word, but some words are harder to break than others. 
The disciples were sent out by Jesus, two by two, to go out to cast out devils, heal the sick, and raise the dead if you can. And they went out and they came back and they said, Master, we are so surprised. We are so excited. We went out and everything you said we could do, we actually did it. We laid hands on people and they got up. We did things we didn't think we could do because you sent us out there to do it. He said, don't get all excited about that. Just be glad that your name is written in heaven. (laughs) He said, this is nothing. This is what you're supposed to do. The bigger miracle is making your dirty sinner self get to heaven. (laughs) Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I thought y'all would enjoy that. Hallelujah. (laughs) The bigger problem is getting a sinner into heaven than anointing you with power. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. He got us there. Amen. Man, that blood is strong stuff. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Man, I'm I'm tickling myself today. Hallelujah. Praise God. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-wee. There's hardness in everybody's heart. There are some things we are hardened to, and we have to recognize that God is trying to get us to say yes to things. But there's some things we're struggling to say yes with because it bumps against the hardness. So Jesus comes and he rebukes the hardness in our hearts. He comes and brings us something that rebukes the hardness. And sometimes in Christianity, we have gotten to a season where people don't like rebuke. And if we feel a rebuke, then we get, we get, we get, we draw back instead of standing under the rebuke and letting God empower us to take new steps forward. Hallelujah. I want to step far forward as I can, but also means that means God's got to hit some unbelief in my heart. He's got to do something. He's got to touch me somewhere that I don't want to be touched. Amen. Amen. I used to have this magic word. I told Tammy, don't ever say this word about me. <laughs> I, where, I said, don't say this word. No, oh, you say, don't say that word. <laughs> I can take a whole lot of stuff, but if I hear that word, mm, don't say that word. <laughs> that word I felt like was the highest insult you could give me. Don't say that word. <laughs> Amen. That was my conditional love talking. (laughs) I'm going to struggle with you if you say that word. Amen? Amen. How many of y'all got a word? Ain't nobody supposed to say to you. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But I realized when that word came up, never in my life had it been a problem. But when I heard her say it one day, I said, ooh. Mm. That got me. Man, don't just don't say that word no more. <laughs> don't say that no more. That bothered me. Ooh, don't say that. But what God showed me is there was a line in my heart that I didn't know was there. And then I got to the line. And the word tells in the book of Proverbs, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of your heart come the issues of your life. And the word issues in Hebrew is the same word that means fences. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart come the fences in your life. And fences are designed to keep things in and to keep things out. 
And the boundaries, the fences, the barriers of our life are all there because our heart makes determinations on where those things should be based on our flesh, which is both your physical body and your soul. So if you got bad memories, I guarantee you there's a fence around that memory. We're not, you know, we're not going there today, right? Why are we not going there? Because we already been there. (laughs) We ain't going back there. (laughs) Amen? Those are the boundaries that God sometimes takes you to in order for you to overcome them. But at the boundary, there's going to come a point of decision where you're going to either say no to God or you're going to say yes to God. Amen. We want to learn how to say yes. Hallelujah. Say yes. When God takes you to those places you don't want to go, you got to go there and you got to be ready to say yes when you get there. And the journey is about being prepared to say yes <laughs> when you get there. See, here's what happened to the children of Israel. The children of Israel cried out to God, oh, we're slaves in a foreign land. Oh, that we were free like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Oh, oh, they're crying and they're making bricks and they're building them pyramids out there. Oh, jeez. Oh, they're crying, crying, crying. And God said, I hear your prayers. I'm sending you a deliverer. That dude? <laughs> Moses? <laughs> the guy who grew up in Pharaoh's house is the one you're going to send to deliver us? He ain't no real Hebrew. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> the guy that grew up with the curly slippers? And n- no, not that dude. <laughs> no, no, not him. Yeah, that's who I'm sending as your deliverer. He's here to deliver you. I sent him to deliver you. And they had to warm up to him. And he was like, Lord, I can't go talk to those people. He said, I can't, number one, I can't talk and them people don't know me. He said, take your brother. Your brother can talk well and your brother knows them all. He'll be your mouthpiece. I'll tell you what to say and he'll say it to the people. God took away that barrier. What's the barrier? The barrier that I'm not, not enough of a Hebrew to lead the rest of the Hebrews. Moses had to overcome that. And we don't think about it. Moses had to overcome that. Not only did he have to overcome that, at first when he was going to by the flesh do it, he found out that he did the wrong thing, made a mistake, and had to get out of town. Left and waited 40 years. 40 years later, God brings him back. And says, now, you're going to do it the way I told you to do it. Because you can't get where I'm trying to take you unless you can say yes to your barrier. (laughs) You're going to have to say yes to me taking you over the barrier. And I'm going to listen to all your excuses and i got to answer for every one. But who am I supposed to tell them I said? Tell them I am sent you. (laughs) I am who? I am that I am. You just tell them that. How are they going to know? Just tell them I am. That's all you need to say. But what if Pharaoh won't let us go? He said, Pharaoh's not going to let you go. (laughs) I've already hardened his heart against you. He's not going to let you go (laughs) until I get done with it. 
then he's going to let you go and he's going to give you stuff to leave. <laughs> Amen. He's going to give you gifts to leave. <laughs> Amen. How many of y'all got a barrier in your life? Amen. We've all hit those windows and walls. We've hit those boundaries, those fences. We've hit those places. But praise the Lord, we got a God who loves breaking down fences. We serve a God who loves breaking down barriers, amen, on our behalf. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to get some barriers broke here today. Amen, amen, amen. God has six prompts, six types of promises, thousands of promises, but basically, uh, and, and, and these may not be the only types, but this is for, for our purposes. I've, I've narrowed it down to these six types that we're going to look at. So I got a slide in there that says uh, six, uh, six areas. Uh, I, I forgot how I wrote it in there. Praise the Lord. Number one, you have to be prepared, prepared to say yes to God. There we go. We must learn to say yes to God for, number one, fulfillment of the desires of our hearts. Man, that's a good one to start out with, isn't it? But this is what he said. He said, if you delight yourself in me, then I will give to you the desires of your heart. So the first thing we got to do is say yes to God so he can fulfill the desires of our heart. God wants to bless you with the desires of your heart. Amen. I told you all before, I, when I was, I was a young man, and I was like, man, I just, ooh, I just, I feel like I'm supposed to be driving a Porsche 911 Carrera. That's, I just feel like I'm supposed to drive that. I just feel like this is the car for me. I just, man, I can, what can I, I saw it, I love it, I can't help myself. That's the desire of my heart. And so I gave my life to the Lord, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm learning how to pray. And I came across the passage that says, delight yourself in the Lord, he grants you the desires of your heart. So I said, okay, Lord, Father, I'm praying for all the people of the world. All the peoples of the world. I'm praying for all the peoples, Lord. Bless all the peoples of the world. I'm, 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 I'm just praying, all, Lord, and bless this and bless that. And I'm praying for everything. I said, now that I've blessed everybody, Lord. Grant me the desire of my heart. Give me this Porsche 911 prayer. And I prayed it night after night. And, I, and then all of a sudden my heart was getting, my heart was starting to really get into praying for other people though. So now I'm starting to intercede for others and, and I'm not just praying for all the peoples of the world. Now I'm really actually calling people's names and I'm actually praying for this person, that person. I'm praying for the people in my job and I'm praying for my neighbors and I'm praying for all these people. And then as I'm doing that, and then I just keep on. And Lord, bless me with this Porsche 911 Carrera. And every day I'm praying that prayer, praying that prayer, praying that prayer. And then one day, the Lord blessed me. He changed my vision. He released the desire of my heart. That car was just a bunch of status and foolishness. I didn't even have a garage. <laughs> Please be God for I don't even have a garage. Let me pray for a garage first. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but God put something in my, He put something else in my heart. Because I did need new transportation. But He put something in my heart. And I said, Oh, I said, Lord, I like that. And I didn't hear anything. And then the, two days later, I'm riding with a friend down the street, and we're passing a car lot, and I saw exactly the car God showed me, sitting on the car lot. 
I'm like, what? It's the same color. It's the same model. I said, stop. Went out. And actually, we, we, he stopped, and he backed up, and we were parked right in front of it. So I'm in the passenger seat, and the car sitting right there on the lot, sidewalk lot. And so him and the other guy jumped out of the car. They went to look at it. I never got out of the car. I looked at it. It's just as clear the Holy Spirit. That's yours. I never got out of the car. They looked out. They felt all over. I said, get your hands off my car. <laughs> get your hands off. Stop feeling on my car. <laughs> but there was an assurance that came into my spirit because I had at least said yes to God. And what do you do? He massaged the desires of my heart to the right thing. And so they got back in the car and said, oh, man, the guy, guy," because I hadn't told anybody what God sent me. The guy said, hey, man, he said, I'm coming to get that car. I'm going to give you one day. And if you don't get that car tomorrow, I know it's mine. And they looked at me like, whatever, because they weren't saved yet. I was still ministering to them. Two days later, I went. When there, he, the guy said, he said, you know, only one person came and asked me about this car. This car's been sitting here. Nobody asked me about it. I said, okay. Uh, I said, what do I got to do? He said, you got to finance it? And I said, no. I said, but I'm going to leave here today with it. He said, well, my finance guy isn't here yet. And I looked out the window, and there was a bank right across the street. And I walked over to the bank. I sat down. I said, I want to buy that car. Look out the window. That car, I'm going to buy that one right there. I sat down with the guy. 30 minutes later, I went out with some paperwork. An hour later, I was driving. It wasn't about the thing. It was about saying yes to God because his word said, son, if you will delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. Just delight yourself in me. And when I stepped out and became an intercessor for others, all of a sudden God took care of other things and he orchestrated it such a way that it was a flow. So number one is fulfillment of the desires of our heart. Number two, we got to learn to say yes to God for kairos moments or divine appointments. Kairos moments, kairos is a word for time, and time specifically in now. Kairos moment is a moment that's happening right now. It's a moment of decision. It happens, and it's a decision that has to be made right now, and that decision is going to open doors or close doors when you make a decision. So we've got to learn how to say yes to God when we get into those Kairos moments and we're going to say yes the way God would have us to say yes and not second guess what God is doing. Amen? Amen. I was in a car, the same car I believed God for. I was sitting in that car about a year after that. Sitting in the car, a young lady sitting in the seat next to me, and God said, it's your first date, but tell her I told you to marry her. And I, I told her, I said, hey, look, I believe. <laughs> First date, right? First date. I said, look, God said, I said, wait a minute. I said, I told God I got a list. Here's my list. You meet the criteria on the list. And God said, you're the one. So I'm asking you, will you marry me? First date, right? So her response is, marry you? <laughs> listen, listen close. Marry you? 
We haven't even kissed yet. Wait. <laughs> I kissed her and that was all she wrote. <laughs> uh, it's the Kairos moment. It's the moment. You got to do the right thing in the moment. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> It's a divine appointment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Oh, that's true. Yes. She had a list as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just my moment. It was her moment too. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Anyway, I told you I was going to have some fun. Number three is supernatural provision. Supernatural provision. Supernatural provision is important to understand. It's a promise from God that God will supernaturally provide for our needs. Now, the challenge to this is that we are capable, listen, we are capable of generating resources to take care of ourselves. So it becomes difficult sometimes to just believe God for things. Because more than probably most other things, most times, in the community that we live in, society that we live in, is that there are a lot of us who have decisions. We can decide to do this or do that. And we have a, a system that uh, teaches us and trains us to go get jobs and we work different jobs and we become so, somewhat self-sufficient based on our ability to earn a living. So in the case of talking and thinking about supernatural provision, sometimes our own ability blurs this line. Sometimes our own abilities blur the line that God is able to do supernaturally provide things that we need. And so we have to always be careful that we thank God for what he provides so that we're already in the attitude of faith when bigger things arise. Because trust me, you may have a great job, but something's coming bigger than your job. <laughs> there is a need coming that's bigger than your bank book or your job. And if you haven't already established the habits of faith on the way to the door, you'll be overwhelmed when those big things come, even though you're a person of faith. Because faith has to be exercised and grown. Amen? And if you faint in the day of adversity, it's because what? Your strength is small. Why? Because you're depending on your own strength and not God's strength. Amen? So we got to be prepared to count on God's strength to go over and above when we get in those moments, even though we were capable of getting ourselves to the mall, to the place. Amen? So we're going to talk about these in more detail, but I want you to make sure you understand them. Number four is breakthrough and provision. In other words, all of us have these walls that we're talking about, and God is the God of breakthrough. And God is the one who takes us to those places and promises us to break us through those walls, break us through those places, break us through those wounds of the past. Because wounds of the past, if not properly put in their right position, will rob you of your future. Wounds of the past, they will rob you of all kinds of stuff because wounds of the past become their own kinds of strongholds because that's how the enemy designs them. 
He designs them to be those things that increase the strength of barriers. Because we hold the barrier up to protect ourselves. Amen? Amen. But God is the God of breakthrough. He'll rip your hands off the barrier. <laughs> Amen? He'll take your hands down, let you, let you stand in front of the barrier. And then you can be like David. He said, I will run through a troop and I will leap over walls because of the love of my God. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what we want to be. We want to be the kind that break through to freedom. If you feel bound in any area of your life, it's just an opportunity to get free with God. For God to help you get to freedom. Amen? Amen. I'm going to talk to you about these in more detail. We're going we're to we're rush through these. We're going to get into these. Number five is divine healing. Divine healing is interesting because I've had to learn personally God's divine healing is more about my ability to get stuff done than it is about my actual health. <laughs> Amen. God's, God's healing is about me being able to do what I need to do, not necessarily me being fully healthy. And how do I, what do I, where do I come from with that? Because Paul told God, take this thorn away from me. I got this thorn, Lord, take it away. Heal me of this thorn. And God said, you know what? My grace is sufficient to you. My strength is going to be made perfect in this weakness that you keep referring to. I'm going to show you how I'm going to work through you, do things. You're going to work in spite of the thorn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make you powerful in spite of what it is. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, we live in an age of doctors healing things, and we want, we want everything to look like that. But it doesn't always look like that. But you know what? You can be productive even when the enemy's trying to attack you because you resist the devil. You submit yourself to God. Resist the devil like we read earlier do. And what happens? The enemy flees from you. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. I had a pain this morning and I, I was standing there thinking, I thought, I said, you know what? As soon as I start preaching, I ain't going to feel it no more. And you know what? I don't feel it no more. <laughs> Why? Because I'm empowered to do certain things and I can't be stopped by the enemy saying, you're sick, you're not feeling well, sit down, you need to rest. No, I don't. Because God's grace is sufficient for me and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And when I feel weak, then I'm really strong. <laughs> Amen. Once I start feeling down, once I feel that, man, that's when I know God's strength is going to rise up in me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Divine healing. It is God saying nothing in this world will stop you. You're invincible. Yeah. Now you're going to have to die so you can get to me. So don't get any false images that you're going to live in this body forever. This body's got to go sometime or another. But in the meantime, you're going to do everything I told you you can do. No matter what tries to come upon you, no matter what tries to stop you, you are empowered to fulfill everything I gave you to do. You can't be stopped. And my divine healing will hold you up and strengthen you. <laughs> Amen. Come on. That's a promise. Hallelujah. Meditate on that. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Number six is manifestation of the kingdom. We got to say yes to God, to God's kingdom being manifested around us. How do we do that? Man, every time God puts our foot somewhere, we have to believe that the kingdom is established right there. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm the pastor of this place, but guess what? I'm the pastor of my workplace. 
You know why? Because wherever I go, the kingdom established in that place. Amen. So when I show up, the kingdom is here. Not because I'm an egomaniac, but because I trust in God. And I believe God is inside me, working, doing great things on the inside of me. Guess what? I'm the shepherd at my house. I can't go, I can't fall asleep on that. So I got, I got to continue to pray for everybody who's in the house, those that come through the house. We're the shepherds of the house. Amen? Amen. So what is happening? When we're shepherds of wherever we go, then the kingdom is manifested in that place. Healing happens in the workplace because we're there. Fish are caught in the workplace because we're there. All the other promises are yes and amen because why? Because we showed up. Amen? Come on, tell your neighbor, say, ooh, man, you's a fisherman and a kingdom maker and a healer. Woo-wee! Hallelujah! <laughs> All the promises of Scripture basically break down into these six areas. Now, some theologian may come along and say, I'm, I got my categories wrong. But if you discover a new one, let me know. Amen. Because <laughs> I'll add it to our list and we'll all increase. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, you got six areas that you got to learn to say yes to God. But there are three areas that the enemy comes against us. And I mentioned two of them last week, but I want to talk to you a little bit before, the, before I really get to the final straw here. I want to show you. Next is going to be three areas that the enemy tries to stop us. And then we're going to talk about three solutions. Amen. The first area that the enemy tries to stop you in is the area called fear. Fear and worry. God gave talents to three men, or he gave a parable about three men that were given talents, or three people who were given talents. I'm not going to be gender biased. I'm going to say three people. So these three people, each were given a talent, each one according to their own ability. One was given 10, one was given five, excuse me, one was given five, one was given two, one was given one. The first one traded with them, brought back a hundredfold return, and the Lord said, wow, praise the Lord for your obedience, enter into the joy of your master. The second one went back hundredfold return. He comes back, he gets the same promise and the same invitation as the one with five. Oh, praise God, you did an awesome job. Enter the joy of your master. But the last one, the one we all want to feel sorry for, the one who only got one talent. Oh, Lord, why'd you only give him? If you gave him two, he wouldn't have did this. If you gave him five, he wouldn't have did this. No, you get according to your ability and you're supposed to do with what you got. Amen. 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 God made me six foot seven, but he gave me bad legs. I got to do with what I got. Amen. Amen. So I didn't get a chance to play college basketball because I failed my physical. <laughs> I made the team. I had my uniform and I failed my physical and I left and joined the Marine Corps. They said, you're one of us, buddy. Come on. <laughs> and the problem that kept me from playing college basketball is Never even manifested in that sense. 
So I went through Marine Corps boot camp, no problem. <laughs> I couldn't play college, ain't that something? <laughs> but you got to live with what you got. So I can say, oh man, I can tell a whole bunch of stories. Man, you don't know how good I used to be. Oh man, you don't know. How... I can tell all them stories, but guess what? You always get better the further away you got from the truth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so you got to use what you have. You got to go through the doors that are open. You can't worry about the doors you couldn't go through. You got to go through the door that's open. Amen. Because the door that's open is the one God's open for you. Amen. But fear and worry will get you because they will cause you to draw back from doors that are open for fear of what's there or fear of what you miss. I know people that, that sometimes want to be in two places at one time. They want to be in the will of God and then they want to make sure they didn't make a mistake. And so they want to stand on both sides, but that's called being lukewarm. That's called not being here or there. You got to go one place and do what you got to do. Amen. When you get to the place, do what you're supposed to do there. You can't be here and there because <laughs> you ain't doing nothing for nobody except taking up a space with somebody who could have stood here and did what they're supposed to do. Amen. <laughs> but fear and worry will have us worried about, am I making the right decision? This is pretty much where I'm getting to in life. I'm getting to the place in life where I'm really not worried about making mistakes. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to meditate on it. When I know faith is kicked in, then I'm going to move. And when I move, I ain't going back. Unless God pulled me back. <laughs> Amen. Once the decision's made, I'm not going to make a quick decision. But once I make a decision, I'm not changing. Until God says change. I'm going to keep my, always keep my ears open to God. But once the decision's made, it's made. That's how come when I decided this is the wife, ain't no going back. I ain't, I ain't got I'm gonna, I ain't gonna have to see five years from now. She's the one. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't let fear stop you. Amen. Number two, negativity. Negativity happens when you hear the voice of God. Ooh, is that God? Hey, Burnell, let me, let me ask you if you think this is God. After church, I heard a voice that said, go to Saks Hot Dogs and get a hot dog after church. So, so do, you think, do you think that's God? You're supposed to be negative. I'm talking about negativity. Give me, oh. give me, a, ne <laughs> give me a negative response. <laughs> it's closed on Sunday. Oh. That's a good answer. All right. Uh, man. All right, I'm not going to sex hot dogs. Don't go. <laughs> she said don't go. Now, I'm making a joke of this. But how many times have we heard from the Spirit and we go inquire with flesh and blood? Flesh and blood says, oh, come on now. Sacks is closed on Sunday. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't even go over there. And then we don't go. But Sacks is open on Sunday and I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 
<laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell, tell you something. I woke up one morning. Actually, I was asleep. I was dreaming. And then the dream, I, was, all this stuff was going on, and I, I was standing on this hillside, and a, and a couch slid down the hill. I know. It was, this is not how sex hot dogs. So this couch slides down the hill. And uh, then the two other people, they come around the couch, and the Lord said, reach around the back. So I reached around the back, and I, there was a tag. It was like a little pocket with a tag. I pulled the tag out, and it, it was a little tag that said, there's treasure on Warren Street. And I said, oh. And I woke up. I'm like, what was that, Lord? Now, I could have said, Tim, I asked her a question. I didn't ask anybody. I said, okay, Lord, show me something. It's not going to hurt for me to drive to Warren Street. I don't know where Warren Street is. It's not going to hurt me to drive to Warren Street and see what's there. So I went and I drove. And sure enough, there was something on Warren Street that I needed to see. And so then I said, Lord, am I supposed to do something about this? He said, no. I just want you to let you know, I know where the treasure is. <laughs> I said, oh, oh. <laughs> I just want you to know I know where treasure is. He says, that's all I need you to know. So obedience, we think we know why God's taking us somewhere to do something. So I'm hearing the voice say, go to Saks Hot Dogs. I'm thinking about a hot dog. But what if God just needs me standing on that corner and standing in line because there's somebody there that I need to talk to and I need to say something to? And I need to have a divine appointment. A moment is waiting for me, but it's waiting for me. And if I listen to others and their negativity, I will miss what the Spirit of God is telling me to do. See, we don't always understand why God is directing us. We just need to know that God is directing us. Amen? Sometimes we do things. We say, I don't know why I did that. But you don't know. God is always working to do and the will of your good pleasure. He's doing will of his pleasure for you. He's always working to do things in us. And our daily obedience, ability to say yes and not listen to negative words when they're coming against what God has spoken. Amen? Amen. Amen. I told them before prayer, um, I got a text on Thanksgiving because I, uh, a gentleman sent me a text and was thanking me for something I did to him. I met the man one time, but I was in a place and I was sitting in a, in a place right behind the man. And I was like, had a strange, like I couldn't take my eyes off the man. I'm, sitting, I'm looking at the back of his head and I'm thinking, man, this is weird. Why am I staring at this dude like this? I mean, what, what's, what's going on here? Lord, what's happening? I'm, I'm like, uh, what is happening? Why am I, why can't I listen to what I came in this room to listen to? How come I can't hear that? All I can do is stare at this guy. And so when the guy stood up, he turned around. I said, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you something. And I spoke a word, and this grown man started crying when I spoke the word to him. And then, and then, we, and then he, he, he said a couple things. And then we went out, and we were walking through the lobby of the place, and we ran into him again. And he said, he said look, you didn't know this. The people with me are who you were talking about. He said, these people with me are exactly who you were telling me about. And so that's a couple of years ago. So he sent me a text on Thanksgiving Day thanking me because God has multiplied more things. I'm thinking I'm going to a workshop to listen to somebody. But God wasn't having me there. I don't even remember. I can't find them notes. I was there for him. But if you cheat yourself, 
Why am I going to this workshop? Why? You cheat yourself out of it. You cheat the ability for God to use you and flow through you and bless people because you are here to manifest the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Number three. Number three. Apathy. Apathy is the worst one. Because apathy happens to us who know better. But we lose the feeling. I ain't feeling it no more. I don't feel it right now. I'm not feeling this. And we get caught into our feelings, and our feelings say, hey, don't take all that. Don't take all that. I, can't, I can do this without. And apathy starts to happen. And apathy lulls us to sleep, and apathy robs us of our power because our apathetic attitude denies God's powerful ability. Apathy dulls us down so that we get into the routine of doing things and we do things. And you can get apathetic in relationships. You can get apathetic at work. You can get apathetic anywhere. You can get apathetic to things you feel really powerful about, but you just get apathetic because you're doing it. And sometimes it's manifested in burnout. Burnout is a form of apathy that you've, done, you've given so much and now you just, you just I'm just done. I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm, you know what? As, as they, the, you know, uh, some college students used to say, C's get degrees. <laughs> not to work that hard <laughs> amen yeah but A's get paid <laughs> amen C's get degrees but A's get paid <laughs> anyway <laughs> apathy don't let apathy come upon you apathy can come upon any of us it is, an, it is a nasty sneaky thing and it comes upon you and you don't even realize it's there you got to break it with the power of thanksgiving. Amen? Gratitude. Amen. Real quickly, we're going to break out of here. We're going to get ready to go. Last passage I want to look at. So you got six areas we got to learn to say yes. We got three things that are coming against us, but I got three ways for you to deal with these. And this is, we're going to do a series. So we're going to teach on these areas a little more in detail, but I want to give you the high level here. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to close after I kind of give you these couple of points here. Romans 12. Verse 1, most people, if you've been around Christianity for uh, two weeks, you heard this one, amen. So we're going to make sure you understand it a little deeper, amen. Now in Romans chapter, we're going to begin Romans 12 and 1, so turn there in your Bibles, but understand that Romans chapter 10, Paul begins telling the Romans about understanding how their salvation comes. Their salvation comes by faith. You got to hear the word. You got to get into the word. You got to let the word speak to you. And then he goes in chapter 11. And he starts talking about Israel and how Israel rejected God and opened the door for the church. But now God is making both Israel and the church one together. And he begins telling them all these things and giving them all this understanding. And then he gets to uh, chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. In other words, I'm trying to persuade you. I'm asking you because of everything I just told you. I beseech you, therefore, my brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So he says, the very first thing I need you to do, I need you to submit yourself to God as a living sacrifice. 
Now, the Word tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice, but here we're told that you obey by being a sacrifice, not by giving somebody else as a sacrifice or something else, but actually giving yourself. So this is important. If we're going to learn how to say yes to God, one of the first things we have to master is the ability to say yes by becoming a living sacrifice. Paul said, I have to die daily. He said, every day I got to start from scratch. I, gotta, I, can't, I can't act like I was so great yesterday. Yesterday's gone. Today's a new day. So today I have to bring myself into subjection. Remember, submit yourself to God, then resist the devil. That's how the devil flees. So the first thing we got to do is learn how to submit ourselves to God. Living sacrifice. I heard this evangelist, he came and spoke at the church I was at, and he stood up there and he's preaching. He said, the problem with a living sacrifice... It always wants to get off the table. <laughs> Living sacrifice lays there, sees the knife and said, uh, I think I, I got to be somewhere at 12 o'clock. <laughs> I'm getting up <laughs> before the knife can come down. But he says here, I'm beseeching you, brethren, by the mercies of God. You got to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's the, it's the reasonable service is what you can do. Amen? Verse 2 is the next thing. So the first thing is being able to give ourselves to God, submission to God. Number two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. First thing, you've got to bring your body into subjection, and you also have to bring your mind into subjection by renewing it. See, the renewing of your mind is, is, is manifested when you get to those barriers in life and all the voices talk to you and tell you why it's there and tell you why it's supposed to be there and why, you know, give you all the excuses that you don't have to cross the barrier. Those are the ones that got to get renewed. And sometimes you don't see them until you get to the wall. Amen? Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In other words, the renewing of your mind, if you don't renew your mind, you won't be able to prove the good, perfect, acceptable will of God. What is that? Stepping past this line and the two lines beyond it. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> man, I'm telling y'all, this is, this is, man, this is revelation. Because I know you heard it, but I hope you're hearing it how I'm saying it. Or how I mean to say it. Praise the Lord. Verse 3. So we, number one, we got submit the body. Number two, renew the mind. And now number three. For I say to you, through the grace that's given to me, to everyone who's among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. But think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So this is still part of renewing of your mind. Number one, you got to renew your mind not to be like the world system, but then you also have to renew your mind to recognize everybody's blessed. Everybody's gifted. Everybody has a place with God. That's part of the renewing of our mind is how we see others, considering others better than yourselves. You know, when I look out, I see gifts and talents all through the room. Amen. I see power and ability all through the room. You know why? Because I know you're blessed. I know you have something to offer. You have something to give. You have something that God has placed in you that is treasure. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Part of you renewing your mind is how you see other folks. Amen? Do you see them as blessed and capable? Amen. 
Everybody's got a measure of faith. Tell your neighbor, say, you got a measure of faith. And it's growing every day. Amen. Chapter, verse 4. For we as, we have many members of one body, but all the same members do not have the same function. So we being many are one in body and individually members of one another. In other words, we're all connected. We're all members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us what? Tell your neighbor, say, use your gifts. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us, there's a special grace on you to use your gifts. Man, man, we got, well, I got a triangle of keyboard players in, in, in here, right? Rocky, Dr. Ron, and we got our visitor back here. Y'all turn around and look at him real quick. <laughs> Amen. So we got this triangle having differing gifts. Having heard all of them play, they all have different styles. Even though they're playing the same instrument. They all have different different ways of, of attacking and approaching the keyboards. Why? Because they have differing gifts. But guess what? They're all part of one body. We're all connected together. Amen? So we bless one another. So we're just as blessed hearing any one of them. Why? Because they all have different gifts, but they all share something in common. So Brian's level of mastery and Rocky's level of mastery and Dr. Ron's level of mastery, they're all blessing, all blessing, having differing gifts, still united, able to operate together and flow together. Why? Because of differing gifts, but they all have something different to offer. Amen? But we knew we submit our bodies, we renew our minds, but we have to activate our gifts. If we don't activate our gifts, it's the same as not renewing our mind. It's the same as not submitting our body. See, to overcome, you got to do those three things. You got to, number one, submit your body to God. Number two, let your mind be renewed. And then number three, you got to activate whatever's in you. You got to activate whatever's in you because when you get to the edge of the wall, usually the enemy's goal for the barrier is that you not manifest what's in you. <laughs> Amen. Usually the barrier is there to not let you manifest what God has put you in, put in you to manifest to the world. Let's finish these. Verse 7. Excuse me. Having different seven, verse 6, I'll read that. Having then different gifts according to the grace that's in us, let us use them. If prophecy, use it in proportion to your faith. Or ministry, let us use it in proportion to our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Say yes to God. Say yes. Whatever you got, you got to say yes to God with what you have to offer. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't judge yourself by others. You recognize everybody's gifted. Everybody's blessed. And you know what? My gift today, if I sow my gift, my gift will turn into two gifts by the morning time. Amen. I got to keep on sowing and investing. If I got walls that want to stop me, I got to let God take me. Show me how to overcome the wall. And God will take you through walls and he'll take you and leave things behind you. Amen.
because God is just good like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to go into this deeper in the next couple of weeks. So please, uh, we want you to be blessed by this. We want to really dig. And I want to, I want to liberate you to say yes to God any kind of way possible. Amen. I want you guys to be, to be yes men and women. Amen. The world doesn't want yes men, but we want yes people. We want people to say yes to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. And we're going to, hallelujah, see how God's going to work and do things. You've been listening to today's message titled Say Yes, Part 2 from our series titled Say Yes. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. We're excited about the things that you can find on the website and you can get more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net and we invite you to check it out. Also, you can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net or Twitter at AOWC North Bay. Please join us again next time and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.